Hey, Supermamas. So this week on the show, we got our girl, Yessie Ortiz from LA's iconic radio station, Power 106. Yessie shares with us how her work ethic and passion for music led her to become the voice of LA and her inspirational journey of becoming the adoptive mother of six children at the age of 25. Yes, you heard me right. We also ask her how she continues to grow as a person, tips on how she communicates with her kids, the importance of self-care, and the power of vulnerability. She is just on another level of inspiration, guys. You are going to love this episode. Now, quick Paulina update. She is doing very, very well. Sixta is very healthy. Postpartum has always been a challenge for my sister. I know all of you guys know but she's doing very, very well. She cannot wait to be back on the show. But for now, we want to thank you for all the love you've shown her. Please, all your messages mean the world to her. Continue sending her that love, you guys. Actually, today, October 11th, is her birthday. So send her a shout out on the gram. All right, guys. So without further ado, here is our interview with Yessi Ortiz of Power 106. <laughs> Hola, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Bricia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners following our dreams, just striving to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right. And we're also moms. <laughs> Welcome to the Supermama Sisterhood. And I was jumping on the waves with Carista. And he was like, oh my God, this is the best ever. I'm... We get in the car, we get home. She cries because I woke her up. Ah! I was like, I wish I didn't have any kids within like three hours. <laughs> she stopped me right there. She was like, Risa, I want you to understand this. I seriously believe that our children choose us and we don't choose our children. Right. Your baby chose you to be his mom. Mm -hmm. He knew what kind of mom he wanted and he chose you as his mom. Oh, that's right. Nice. We're all sisters here to inspire, support, and guide each other to dream bigger and to enjoy every moment of this extraordinary journey that is womanhood. ¿Listas? Here we go. <laughs> Super mamas! Welcome to the show, Yessi. <gasps> Thank you, ladies. <laughs> I love that your name is Yessi. Yessi. Yessi Ortiz. Yessi Ortiz. Ortiz. Yes. Who is a very familiar name and voice here oh, for, thank for you. all of you Angelinos? Of course, Power One Hundred Six midday host. Yes, that's <laughs> right. Yes, Ortiz. Thank you. I miss Big Boy saying your name, by the way. Oh, I know it's okay. You know we miss him too around the hallways, but we understand that he. You oh know. yeah, of course. I just the way he always said your name. Yeah, always resonates with me. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he would call me. Fun fact about Big, he would call me like in the hallways. Uh -huh. We'd if we were like across the way from each other, he'd be like, "Yes, yes." <laughs> and you don't stop and I was ah, like okay <laughs> I love that like, I think like uh, Power 106 was such a huge part of like my my youth yeah I mean I'm still young but you it, know like, it was part of my youth yeah too. my, my yeah. high school years like uh, it was like the Baker Brothers the Baker Boys the Baker Boys Tita Sat for a Four Tita Sat for a Four that was like on the way yes. back from school yes. going to school was listening to Big Boy coming back from school was like Tita for, for, um, for, for, for Four but le let me tell you you know my mom she used to drive us every day every day and we would always listen and she didn't know how to speak English right so she would always say that Tito that Tito stuff for us. he was like her brother she would say and then we actually convinced my mom to name our dog Indo <gasps> from that uh, from that Snoop song no yeah. way <laughs> and she never knew what it was and she was like yeah my dog Indo, Indo. and until later she found out that Indo it was like <laughs> a drug yeah <laughs> oh, it was funny that's funny I know it was a big part of that that so. uh, it's funny how power is a big part of people's lives yeah and you don't even realize it sometimes until you start talking about these conversations because yeah. I mean it was a big part of my life growing up you know yeah. like I, it, Power 106 for me was something that I grew listening to and I felt like I wanted to be connected to something like connected to something bigger and I always felt like with the Baker Boys mm -hmm. and Big Boy and the Goodfellas and whoever was on at the time yeah. just made like life bigger yeah did you always know you wanted to be in radio no 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 I was actually completely opposite I, I, I thought I was going to be a nurse. You really? Know? Yeah, because, you know, my parents, my mom and my dad, they got divorced when they were when I was, like, super little, right? So, But they both came out here. Um, I was, like, a ye I was born um, a year after they got here. So my mom was kind of still pregnant with me. 
And um, they left each other shortly after I was born. And they both still had very, like, big aspirations for me, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So they stayed in Orange County because they wanted me to have a really good education. You know, we lived in a very white neighborhood, predominantly white neighborhood. And I was in, like, ESL classes. I didn't speak really good English. And the school that we went to was, like, blue ribbon schools mm-hmm. and excellence <laughs> and all this stuff. And so I was super shy because, one, I didn't really speak English very mm-hmm. good. Right. And, two, I didn't relate to anybody. Nobody mm-hmm. looked like me. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody looked like me. So I didn't know. You know, I had the – I mean, I remember getting into a fight in first grade. <laughs> Because these girls pulled my hair because they didn't like the color of my hair. No way. Yeah, and I punched them in the stomach. I punched the girl in the stomach. And I'll never forget because I thought I was going to get in trouble. I remember the feeling. I thought I was going to get in trouble. And thankfully, they didn't say anything. So nobody knows. (laughs) Now they know. Now they know. Do you remember their name? No, I don't remember their names. I just remember them as being like the mean girls Uh in elementary, you know. And I didn't. They kind of left me alone after that because... I fought back, you know? Right. But, um, but, but I didn't the sto- understand M- Moral of the story, let your children fight back. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh-huh. I mean, sometimes they got to defend themselves. They ha- sometimes. sometimes they but, do. And if you look at it from my perspective, from like as an adult now, like I was being bullied because of the color of my skin right. and the color of my hair. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going to defend myself. And I didn't even know I was doing that. Right. Obviously, I just thought I was doing something wrong and yeah. I felt like I was going to get in trouble. But, you know, looking back at it, I realized I was so much, so racist. I was like, oh my God, they were such racist. Yeah. And like, I, I faced a lot of that in the school that I went to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was really shy. So uh-huh. I didn't like, I didn't really do, you know, partner projects in school. Mm-hmm. When they had like school presentations, I would take the F instead of like going up to class and presenting <laughs> anything. I'd be like, right. nope, I'm not going up there. So no, I didn't like want to be radio but music was something that i was always gravitating to okay Mm. like my mom because she was you know she did come here um undocumented and then later became a citizen she learned english a lot by like she went to school of course she went to like um english classes at night with my tia and then but she also listened to like michael jackson and the bgs and madonna so that a lot was influenced in my life and she would always be singing and i always saw like Billy Idol? Happy. Billy Idol, okay. Motley Crue. <laughs> I only know because my, my son's obsessed with Billy Idol and all oh, 80s really? music. Yeah. <laughs> so now I feel like so smart about music. Oh my God. You're like, well, I my totally mom learned know. with Power on a Six. Let me tell you that. Yeah. She did. See, you never, yeah, music. So she used music. to sing the Eminem songs, remember? Well, which one? Slim Shady? <laughs> or Slim my Shady name or like the one where like the, the, there's a body in the, you know, in the, in the cajuela, you know? Oh my God. She, she didn't even know what she was singing. She would just sing it. How she adorable. I want to meet your mom. <laughs> yeah, you'll meet her you'll right meet now. Her. Yeah. So that's how I just kind of like always gravitated towards music. And I was like, okay. So when growing up here in LA, listening to Power 106, you always felt connected. I know that you kind of, was that like your dream job? How did you first start and, and how did, how did life take you to radio? So, yeah, as I, so, you know, with Power, I always, there was always this connection, right, between me and Power 106. Like, I, don't, I just always wanted something more. As I got older, I thought I wanted to do, I wanted to go like into nursing mm-hmm. and I was working at like a pharmacy at the hospital and my mom worked at the hospital. My aunt worked at the hospital. They all were like the, the cleaning ladies and you know, um, my uncle was in maintenance and in housekeeping. So, like, everybody mm-hmm. was all there and, like, okay, ponte trabajar en el hospital. You know, like, yeah. we'll work here. Like, that's, that's all they know, right? That's all they know. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it's hospital. It's a good yeah. job. It's a yeah. good trabajo. So, I was like, okay. So, you know, that was influenced a lot and yeah. helping back and giving back. And, like, I think that was, like, something that I've always wanted. I was like, okay, I think I want to go into nursing. So I started doing, like, EMT courses to kind of get my feet a little wet. And I took some anatomy courses in college. But music wouldn't leave my soul. Right. So I was like, man, this isn't for me. Like, I don't know. It's not, it's not for me. But I found this school that was, like, a broadcasting school that actually was like hey have you ever the, the commercial was on power 106 oh, yeah. oh really <laughs> i heard that story on the 405 freeway and i heard the commercial on power 106 <gasps> and it was i think it was jeff garcia our sports <laughs> dude <laughs> yeah yeah who was reading the commercial talking about you know have you ever thought about being in music or do you love music do you love entertainment 
um, you know, this is a school for you. And I was like, actually, I do. I was like, yes, yes, yes. All right, let me call. So I called and they, you know, asked me to come in to, you know, do student verification. It was a vocational school. Yeah. And they had a little room, like smaller than this area right here, where it was like, like, what, like 10 feet, maybe? Maybe, yeah, maybe, like, maybe. And then they had a, a small little setup with one microphone and they just said, okay, here is a book. Pretend that you're on the radio. This is the most important information that you have to say and go. I was like, um, okay. <laughs> so kind of like what we're doing right now. Kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like what broadcasting is today. Yeah, exactly. Now go. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, do I say my name? Like, yeah, say your name and then just say this information and then do what you got to do. And I was like, okay, so that's what I did. And I felt comfortable because I was in a box. Nobody was looking yeah. at me. Yeah. There's not, it's, it's funny because I, I seriously don't think about who's listening. I think about one person listening. Mm-hmm. So for me, nobody was in there. And I was just like, well, it's just me. So I'm talking to myself. Right. So that's how yeah. I did it. And they were like, you know, you're really good at this. So kind of enrolled in class. I enrolled in classes and I started going to class. And the teacher was like, yo, this is something you're really good at. Like, You should really look into this. Mm-hmm. And this is like, I, this is your calling. I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> That's deep. Yeah, so I ran with it. <laughs> and I got actually, um, they were like, don't expect to get a radio job. Like, don't expect that. That's not going to happen. You're going to start as an intern somewhere or a street team or at the bottom mm-hmm. of the barrel. Street team, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay. But... I called so many different radio stations and I ended up interning at several radio stations first. And then I was in Vegas, just having the time of my life with my girlfriends. You were visiting Vegas? I was visiting Vegas with my girlfriends. At this time, I was already living in Long Beach. I'd moved to Long Beach, still working at the hospital, going to school. You are how old at this point? I was 21. Mm -hmm. 21. So then when I got to Vegas, you were working at a hospital and going to school. Yeah, I was working at the hospital in Saddleback Memorial Hospital. I was working, I mean, I was working there. I was going to school at Huntington Beach, and I lived in Long Beach. And so when I went to party with my girlfriends in Vegas, we happened to run by, like, we were scanning through radio stations, and Uh up came this guy who, ironically, is now Jay Cruz. (laughs) He was on the radio back in Vegas. His name was Jay Noise. (laughs) Shout out to Cruz. And Jay Noise was like, hey, if you're from L.A., you know, call us up, just up with requests or whatever, whatever. So I called the radio station and I was like, yeah, we're from L.A. Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, come by the station, you know, like, come see what's up. We're like, OK. So we came by the what? station. Oh, yeah. my God. Because it was on, you know, I think this he was sound- just trying to holler at us. Yeah. You know, I think this is a typical to- L.A. girl going to Vegas story, by the way. <laughs> yeah, by the way. Yeah. Right. Like, and, typical story. Right. And a typical L.A. guy yeah. trying to holler at some L.A. chicks. Right. Yeah, yeah so, for sure. For sure. He called us over to the radio station. It was on the strip. So we went, we went, it's right across the street from the Mandalay Bay, by the way. So we went over there and we were on the radio with him, like just doing shout outs. And he was like, so what do you guys do? And I was like, oh, I go to school for broadcasting. And he's like, are you trying to be on the radio? And I'm like, I don't know. I think so. He's like, well, we're hiring, you know, like send an air check. I'm like, okay. So I went back to school and I was like, hey, so this guy I met wants me to send him an air check. What is that? <laughs> Mind you, I was only... A check in the air. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was only... <laughs> air. I, was, I had only been there for like, like four months. Yeah. Uh, like checking the air. I'd only been there for like four months, maybe three and a half months at uh-huh. school. So I didn't really know everything mm-hmm. yet. The so lingo. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what's air check? So he's like, oh, it's like, it's a demo. Let's put your demo t- together and send it off. And I did. And I got an audition. <gasps> wow. And... I drove out to Vegas on a weekend for an audition. And next thing you know, like two weeks later, I'm, I remember sitting in my little cubicle at the pharmacy. Or at that, I was no longer at the pharmacy. Now I was like working in the lab. So I was in my little cubicle. And I get this phone call from the program director. And she was like, so we want to hire you as a part-timer in Vegas. And I'm like, what? I just like died. I died. I was oh like, God. I felt like I won a million dollars. I'll yeah. never forget that feeling. I was like, oh, my God. What was the last time you felt the same way? That I won a million dollars the day that I got the kids. Oh, we'll get to that story. Yeah, day that I got the kids. So I ended up leaving um, that every Friday night. I would drive after like after school. um, I'd get homework around 11 o'clock at night. 
grab a couple of Red Bulls and I would drive to Vegas on Friday night, be on the radio Saturday and Sunday and drive back Sunday from Vegas back to Long Beach and then wow. for those Monday of you guys through Friday. Don't, for those of you who don't know how far Long Beach is to Vegas. Yeah. I would what? say like three hour drive. Four, four, hours, four, four hours. Four hours. Four hours. Oh, wow. A good solid four hours. Okay. Yeah. Solid four hours. So you, so you, drive up from 11 p.m. to like 1 a.m. in the morning yeah where'd, where'd you did you just get a hotel room did you just no, kind of like crash someone's couch so thankfully the whole the radio station would put me in like a little one of those like embassy suites okay mm. until i f- figured out if i was going to move out there and after three months of doing that drive i was like i'm moving out here mm-hmm. so i moved to vegas as a part-time radio host and then i just ended up getting a job working at the hospital in Vegas until I was able oh, to like wow. figure out how I was going to survive full time. So I was like, but it was funny because I felt like God was opening all the doors for yes. me right at the same time. Because mm-hmm. when I gave my two weeks notice for work is the exact same start date of the hospital job in Vegas. Like I didn't even know I was oh, going to get hired, mm-hmm. but wow. they're like, so your start date is this week. And it happened to be like the week that I was leaving. Like I was going to be gone from the hospital job in LA or in Orange County. So I was like, oh my God, it's perfect. I wow. leave on a Friday and I start on a Monday. And yeah. everything just op- everything just kind of fell into place at the right time. All That's the amazing. doors open at the same time. And I was able to finish school early because I had enough credits under my belt to wow. leave early. The broadcasting school. The broadcasting wow. school. That's amazing. So, so now like, you're in Vegas living your you know you're like living your dream yeah right? what yeah. you think is like it right you've made it Girl, i'm like it. i'm a part one of six. Oh my gosh and then you become a mom to six children yes yeah. which is you know such a crazy thing um that was while you were in vegas no that was i got the i started the process of trying to take care of my take in my nieces and nephews yeah in vegas let's, but yeah it takes let's, two let's and get a half to years. let's get to that story and how you became a mom to six children because not only are you you know kind of like living your dream but you're working towards building your dream too at the same time right because it's not just like oh these doors are opening for me and it's really you working towards that yeah you know what i mean because a lot of people speak my feet when they hear that like the doors the doors just opened for me sometimes people feel like that's like luck and maybe it's a luck blessing you took those opportunities. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not many people have that drive to say, I'm going to drive for hours right. every Friday. And I think that's what like I get really upset about people who say they want to do something so bad. And I'm like, okay, so what are you doing so bad right. to get what you want? Mm-hmm. Because you're obviously not doing it. <laughs> you know, like it gets me really upset. They're like, well, we want to be on the radio in LA. Well, why Los Angeles? If there's a job in Kansas waiting for you and you want to do radio so bad get to kansas do your mistakes make your mistakes learn the business get the connections and who knows it might bring you back to la right Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. don't just sit here and wait for this position to open yeah the perfect position the perfect position you need to go figure it out and the perfect position then will find itself back to you right so like i that's what my mentality was was i'm gonna go do radio in vegas you know and once I was doing radio in Vegas, I got this call that my sister's kids were put into different, uh, were, were taken into custody mm-hmm. and they were put in child protective services. So at first I was like, okay, this is just a small little hiccup. You know, my sister's going to get them back. I don't know what's happening, but. How far apart are you and your sister? And my yours? sister and I are three years apart. Oh, wow. She's younger or older? She's you? older than my, older than me. Like, you know, growing up, my sister was like my best friend. She was my best friend. You know, my mom dresses up as twins, you know. <laughs> my sister and I are three years apart as right. well, yeah. so we totally get same it. Same dress, same haircut. Like you fight when color. you're super young, but then yeah. you become really good friends. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. So her kids, like I was there for her firstborn. I was there for her second. Like all her kids were my kids in my right. eyes because mm-hmm. that was my best friend. Yeah. You know, and I helped change diapers and do all that stuff for her so what a great sister i did not do that (laughs) when i wasn't a mom Uh but i i think it like for me it was just something that i don't know i Mm -hmm. that's my sister so when i heard that the kids got taken into different um foster care systems like okay this is gonna pass 
you know, she's going to get them back. It's just like a mistake or whatever. I didn't want to believe it. And then... And your sister lived in LA? She lived in Orange County. Okay, mm-hmm. Orange County. She lived in Orange County. My whole family lived in Orange County. I was the only one that, like, got out of there. Um, and then uh, shortly after, my mom tells me, no, your sister's going to go to jail for a long time. And, wow. like, her, the father is going to prison because he already had a record. Mm-hmm. And then after he gets out of jail, it's actually he had two strikes. This was his third strike. Mm-hmm. And after going to jail, he was going to get deported. So it was like, he's got to serve five years here in prison and then he'll be deported. So it was like, what do you mean? And I, my mom was like, yeah, we, we got to do something. I was like, of course we got to do something. So at that point, I was able to find a job in Tijuana. I was like, I got to get back to California. I don't know how I got to do it, but I got to get back to California. So I found a job in Tijuana and I was doing um, radio in Tijuana, bilingual station. Mm. So I moved to Tijuana for six months. During that time, I found a lawyer. My mom and I found a lawyer and we were having meetings with this lawyer because I was like, there's no way I can continue to keep driving from Vegas to Orange County to find this lawyer. So being in Tijuana was a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. It's not four hours, it's three. It's not, yeah, it's not four, it's three, cut me an hour. And the lawyer was like, look, if I take your money, I need you to know that you have a 50-50 chance of winning this case. Normally I could tell you like, okay, I, I can win this case for sure. But this one, this is tricky. You know, you're young and you're asking for custody of six kids. Like this is a 50-50 chance that you you may not have, you may not win, mm-hmm. you know, you may not win. And I don't know, but I'm going to do my best because I don't want you to be separated from your family because I can see the devastation, right? Mm-hmm. So thank you to Peggy, who believed in me from the <laughs> beginning. Um, great lawyer. And she ended up taking my case and was super great through the entire ordeal. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And eventually I ended up getting a job in San Diego and that's when the timing again about God, because mm-hmm. during that time when I got to San Diego, that's exactly during the time where the courts were ready to go to trial. Oh, wow. So it's now a year and a half later and yeah. we're ready to go to trial. So now it's time to prove that I can take care, contr- of, the care of these kids. And I had already, you know, by suggestion of my lawyer, I took what to expect when adopting classes this thing called Bridge Builders through Orange County where they do like parenting classes. Um, I took I took like CPR classes just to have, you know, anything to show. Girl, you were more prepared than 98% of the women who yeah. get pregnant. <laughs> you know, but that, that was the point was yeah. to show that how bad I wanted to ha- be, be there for my family. How old are these? How old are the kids at this point? They were... Um, between the ages of uh, now at this point between four and 11 and had been in the system for about a year and a half about a year and a half now yeah and this there was a seventh child she was a year and a half old she lived with my mom she stayed with my mom okay so she was in her custody um and so we ended up going to trial and i you know my sister was like i'm not going to get it together like they're asking me to do all these things. I'm not going to get it together. Uh, you know, she's dr- dealing with drugs and, you know, she's just not getting it together. Mm-hmm. And the dad is in prison. And so they willingly gave up their parental rights. And because I was able to prove to the courts that I had all this and I was able to have a reference letter from my employer and references from other family and friends, well, mostly friends, not family. Um, friends, I was able to get custody of the kids. Mm. And that was a really powerful day for me because it was a lot of driving back and forth, Mm -hmm. a lot of different trials, a lot of different, I mean, I had to testify against my sister too and kind of prove that she was unfit and she herself had to willingly waive her parental rights. And as a mom, mm-hmm. a biological mom, I'm sure that was hard for her too. And it was hard for all of us. Yeah. And 
there was something very powerful that the social worker had told us during the time that my kids were in the foster care system. And that was, you know, I don't know why you want to continue to be in their lives or why you want to even continue to have communication when they're going to be adopted and you're never going to see them again. And that is what really, really like upset me so much that I was like, that's, that's not right. Right. Like, that's not right. That's, that's so fair, unnecessary. Yeah. And the kids were going to get adopted. The three boys were going to go to Spain oh to become God. missionaries. <laughs> wow. And the three girls were still, you know, living together. The three boys and the three girls were separated, but they were at least together. Yeah. And um, I'll never forget the judge when the judge said to me, like, I'm sitting there and the judge is up there and he's looking down at his papers. He's not even looking at me once. And he just said, I've never seen, uh, my when, when my wife and I had our first child, we thought we were prepared. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen anyone more prepared than this young lady um, to take care of these children. And for that reason, I'm giving and granting her custody of all six kids. And everybody's mouths, like their jaws just dropped to the floor. Like everyone was like, what? Yeah. And my lawyer and I, she looked at me and, she turned around she swiveled around her chair and she looked at me and she's like oh my god and I like started crying and everyone started crying and there was like you know the social worker that said what she said was sitting there and she was just like with the caca face and I was like (laughs) you know yeah I was really upset and I was like that's how you know yeah you know um and yeah and every child was represented by a public defender Mm-hmm. So they had their each pup, their, all their public defenders did not want me to have custody of the kids. They were wow. all against me. Fighting, so, you were fighting against a against lot of people. A lot of people. Wow. Why these kids are good, they're safe, they're fine. This is what their foster care parents re- are reporting. And that now they want to move forward with adoption and blah, blah, blah. And this is where we're at. And Yeah. And the judge, thank God to that judge. And, The last time I got to see that judge was in 2009 when I officially was and became the adopted mother. So in 2009, I officially became the parent of six. Wow. Do you remember the the name of the judge? Yeah, Judge Keebler. Oh, do you pray for him every day? I would probably send so many prayers. The day I saw him, the day... You're going to heaven. I saw him because we got, we got, when we adopted... Uh, we were adopted by another judge, uh-huh. but Judge Keepler, the one that officially, that first initially gave me the guardianship, the foster care, um, when he granted me foster care, he was in the same courthouse in a different courtroom. So my attorney goes, "Hey, the judge heard he, you were here, and would love to see you." And I said, "Oh my God, I would love to see the judge." So I went to him and I got to tell him that he judged correctly, you know, that he judged right. And I was like really excited about that. Of course. It was a really cool day for all of us as a family. Because when you're a foster mother or if you're a guardian, you're not completely out of the system. The courts Mm -hmm. still send a social worker occasionally to make sure that the kids are good, to make sure that the kids are being well taken care of. And the kids continuously had like, oh, here of comes course. a social worker. Yeah. Here comes a social worker. Are we going to yeah. be taken away again? Yeah. So for us to do and move forward with adoption, it was a sense of security for mm-hmm. them and for all of us, really. In that, And when they got adopted, they were like, that's it. We don't ever have to come to court ever again. <laughs> like they were so excited. And they, were, they were at an age where they, they understood what was going on. Yeah, they, the older ones understood a little bit more than the younger ones. Yeah. So by that time, they were five and 12. Five and twelve years old. So, how old are your kids now? Now, Mikey is seventeen. He's oh the youngest, <laughs> <laughs> and Angel is twenty-five. Wow! <gasps> yeah. What? 20, Twenty-four. Sorry, twenty-four. Twenty. You have a grown man. Yeah, and he's got a kid. <laughs> oh, so I'm technically a grandmother. And my <laughs> oldest daughter, she's got two babies. She oh just my. had a three-month-old. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So your family's expanding. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the family's expanding. Oh, crazy kids. How are you teaching them the value of work and the ethic of, I guess I would call it the ethic of life, right? Because it's not just working. Yeah. It's really a lifelong journey. Uh, 
I mean, you're an exceptional human being. Oh, you know, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. say that. I think we would all do something for our family. So, yeah, you know? I agree. I, I agree. And yeah, of course. But I, I think, you know, the fact that you have this work ethic that's so embedded in you and not just, but not let your life be kind of defined by work and also understand that it's not just work, but it's family. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've given up a lot of your personal life, of your financial life, of your time for these children. Yeah. So, you know, that's sort of, you know, where I'm coming from. And I just want to know if, how how is that to them? Or do, what kind of conversations do you have? And how did you guys sort of navigate through those transition moments? I think I'm definitely not in any exception to being a parent because they still have moments where they don't listen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you would think. And I'm, I try and tell them like, hey, I get paid to talk and you get me for free. So I kind of <laughs> think I know what I'm talking about. But when we do have our moments and we do have our conversations, it's um, it's constant encouragement. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to, I think I'm internally telling myself things that I want, I wish I was told more of mm-hmm. or... Yeah. I wish, um, you know, I, because I, growing up trying to find myself and figure who I was at, who I was, and raising all these kids at the same time was really challenging. So I was trying, at times I would find myself divided. I would find myself, okay, it's not about you right now. Mm-hmm. I would have conversations where it's like, it's not about you right now. It's about innocence. And they're innocent. They are caught in the middle of everything. And it was really hard for me. I'm not going to lie. There were some times where I was just like crying in my room. And it's just like, this is so hard. I can't do this. Like, why did I, why, you know? And I had, I reached out to friends who were really supportive. And I think outside support, like your support system is so important. Confining in either one person or two people. But confining in somebody was so important to me. And I Mm -hmm. think that's important for anybody when you're going through anything is to confine in one person. Yeah. Yeah. It's your therapy. And that's one thing we all have in common is mental health. Yes. You can, if you have a broken arm, you go to the doctor, Mm -hmm. you fix your broken arm, right? But all of us, everybody here all has one thing in common and that's mental health. Yeah. So that I learned from my partner a lot, but growing, growing and growing in, into that mindset was something that I didn't even realize I was doing until later on in life i'm like oh that's what that was is self-love and self-care but it's hard like my conversations with my kids i try and tell them things that like i said i i wish someone would have told me or i've just learned from my experience and sometimes they listen and sometimes they don't you know and i hope that whatever i do tell them it's gonna stick or it's gonna light bulb 20 years later yeah or at least the light bulb is gonna go off you know like my daughter now that she's a mom Oh, she totally understands she you, right? She gets it. <laughs> yeah. Now that she's a mom, she's like, oh, I get it. Now I know what you were trying to tell me. Yeah. Now I understand. Like, oh, now you see. You know? And how was it, like, going from, like, you know, because we have one kid and we're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And you went from, like, zero to six. It's. From day to night. Was intense. <laughs> it was intense. I'm, I, I mean, at first it was, like, the honeymoon stage because everybody's there and we're all together. Kumbaya. Kumbaya. No one's fighting. But then when the fights start, this is, he's touching my leg. He's touching my arm. <laughs> stop looking at me. Tell him to stop looking at me. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't. I mean, my kids, my kids <laughs> fight your, from your the, and I'm sure every mom's yeah, face yeah. went the same way. Like, oh, oh. shivering. Like, stop it! Yeah, stop why it. are you in my space? Right? Why are you? It's why? like she's looking at me. I'm like, well, then look at her. But she's looking at me, so I have to look at her. Yeah. I'm like, oh god! Stop, no, stop it! Stop it! Yeah, don't touch me. He's hitting me, <laughs> mommy. And they'll have the same eating. And they'll have the same like tone, right? Yeah, the like, same they'll tone. tone the same <laughs> so how did you handle? How did you manage? Oh my gosh! I girl should take parenting classes. Yeah, yeah, you did. You're right. You're right, right, right. But that didn't. I don't remember nothing with that when that came down to it. I mean, the the one thing that I I got from and it wasn't even from parenting classes. Do you guys remember that show? This is so embarrassing. You guys remember the show Nanny Nine One One? 
No, I no. Uh, you do. You guys don't remember that show, Nanny Nine One One. You do <laughs> on ABC. There was a show called Nanny Nine One One where it was like, "Help, our our kids are out of control." So they like to send in this nanny <laughs> who's like her. from London, and she's got this, this crazy <laughs> accent, right? Yeah, like a Mary Poppins, and she's just like, "Okay," and she like cracks the whip on all of them and tells them like, you know, what they're doing wrong, raising their kids. So one thing I went on their website, I was like, "Oh my god, Nanny Nine One One, help me!" So I Did went on their website. The I didn't apply to the oh, show. Okay. I should have though. You I should didn't have. Even think about that. I should have. Oh my god! But um, they did. She, you know, they suggested like the judge would have seen that. It would have been like, ooh, ooh what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> um, they suggested to like put your kids on a schedule, like have a schedule, like oh, no yeah. matter what, like. And put it up on a little poster board where they can see it and they know exactly what it is. So that was the first thing that I did was put them in a, on a schedule. And it was crazy to try to even get them on there for like the first two weeks. Like somebody needed to go to the bathroom. No, it's time to go to the blah, blah, blah. And then someone didn't want to go to bed and someone's jumping on the bed. And then it, <laughs> I was running wild. Like every, Were you by yourself? At that them? time, I was by myself. Wow. And it Girl, was, and you were working, so but this brave. time you were already in Power 106? No, at this time I was doing mornings in San Diego. Mm, okay. I was doing a 4 to 10 a.m. shift. Okay. 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. shift. Sometimes I'd get off like at 11.30, 12 noon. So between 4, 4 like around 4 a.m., right when I would, right about to leave, I would have someone come over to my house, like mm-hmm. a nanny that I hired, so she can sleep on my couch for like a couple hours, yeah. get the kids up and off to school. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then once they were off at school, like, was it? So it was inexpensive yeah. for me. Yeah. It was a little inexpensive. It wasn't that much of it money. And I knew the kids were going to school on time. So that was good. And then I got off at like 11. Yeah, that's great. Perfect. So my kindergartners didn't get out of school until 1230. So we'd come home and we'd take a nap. I needed a nap too. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're like my kindergartners. My <laughs> kindergartners. My little Mikey. Um. So he he would um, we would all take naps because I needed a nap too. Yeah, and then the older ones would get home and then we'd have a schedule, and it was crazy. And that changed that, but that was a game changer after the schedule came. Yeah, because at that time all I had to say was it's seven forty five, and they're like, okay, we are. They already knew what that meant. You know, it's time to wash your face, wash your grill, get to bed, and then it was you didn't have to go to sleep, but you have to stay in your room, like, and the lights have to be out. That's what it was. And so at that point, I didn't have to say anything else. It was like 745, 8 o'clock. 7.45. I needed a good 25 minutes yeah. for all of them to brush their teeth, wash their face, maybe 30 minutes That's because... That's time. For six kids, I have two and it takes me like an hour. I yeah. have one and it takes me an hour and a half. <laughs> an hour? <laughs> okay. Well, because you know what? I Listen, what I learned is I needed to be... Zen, yeah. Because if yeah. I'm not Zen, I'm gonna go ahead and transfer that to self-care, them. Self-care, and guess self-care. who's gonna? It's gonna be all my fault. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna be crazy because of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had to make sure that I was Zen. So even though it took like thirty, sometimes it took longer because I had this one kid who was my one Anthony. Oh my oh. god, that's five minutes a kid. You are a pro. Like you need. Wow. Maybe <laughs> maybe that's the next career apparently. Nanny 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 nine one one reloaded. Reloaded. <laughs> with oh yes, my god. I love that. Nanny nine one one reloaded. With, maybe you could have a podcast that's called Nanny Nine One One Reloading. Yes, he was yes, parenting great. advice. We wanna know all the, the I wanna know your, how do you do six kids in thirty five minutes, girl? That is uh, that's amazing. Sometimes you just I zoned out. I was yeah. like, What? Okay. Uh huh. That they just want to. They just want to know that you're listening, and it's like even if it's a uh huh, okay, that's it. I'm not gonna sit there and argue with you. Okay, brush your teeth. Okay, you done? Do you need to go to the hospital? Are you okay? <laughs> okay, good. Let's go. <laughs> it was crazy. So I I don't even know. And then eventually my stepdad moved in with me, and uh, my when I got to L.A., my mom was like, "All right, I'm gonna move in with you." So then my mom moved in with me. And then my younger sister moved in with me. And then my younger brother moved in with me. And so at this point, it was me taking care of everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. I said, how is this helping me? <laughs> how? I don't understand. Exactly We're all going to help you. How? I'm the one paying all the bills. Y'all, I'm it was the one crazy. breakfast. I was crazy. My, they're like, the breakfast was cereal, girl. The yeah. breakfast was cereal. Everybody get their cereal. 
you know costco loved me yeah and, i can imagine that's a full house yeah and you know and my mom was like well i help you make the dinner and i was like okay thanks but can you help me pay this electricity bill <laughs> y'all out here wilding with the ac on in the summer yeah. crazy Crazy. Turn the lights off while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, turn I would come home literally like at seven o'clock sometimes, and I'd be like, "Why are the lights turned on?" And I'm like, yeah. "Turn," because I also read that you have to like stimulate, like your your brain has to shut down. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at seven o'clock, I like to have all the lights turned off because that's telling your it takes a while for your brain to tell your body you're tired. Yeah. yeah. So turn the lights off. And it, the kids needed to calm down. So if the lights were on, they were going to be crazy all night. So if I turn the lights off, that at least calm them down a little bit. And you're built That's another lower. great tip. So that was a tip. Okay. Well, I have a question for you. Okay. Your mom is six. You know, you're still doing your, your, your career. You're yeah. still building your career. You're, you are Yes Your Taste now from yeah. Power Under Six. Yes. That is your full name. Yeah. I'm sure when people, <laughs> when people introduce you, that's how I introduce you, right? Yeah, Yes Your Taste. Is this Yes Your Taste or Power Under Six? Yeah, exactly. Um, how do you continue to grow? How, how, what do you do to continue to grow as a person? I feel like people who are like you, who are just like hustlers, just they continue to seek growth in their life. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you do to help you? To help Con- me grow. Continue grow as a person. Listen, okay, I used to not like take uh, feedback from people. Like mm-hmm. I used to not. There's a difference between like criticism and feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Criticism I think is like can be transactional, like really negative and not pointless. But if you can give me transformational feedback, like important feedback, that's going to actually a benefit. I'm open to listening to that. Right. And I used to not like I used to be like, well, don't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. I got six kids. What are you doing? <laughs> so yeah that's the truth though it was a truth that's how it was i had this like thing like don't tell me what to do like you know with your sad story like yeah. you will come to my house <laughs> and deal with my kid who's running away and my parents and, and my, my sister parents, and my brother and my brother and my sister <laughs> and my boss and my boss but uh my point was what was my point how do you continue to grow yeah, how do you continue? take feedback so from i used people? to so now like now I listen, you know, and like mm-hmm. now I pay attention. I'm I'm open to hearing what people have to say. And it's more, before it was more about like uh, pretending to listen. Mm-hmm. Now I'm actually listening. Now I'm actually trying to really understand people more than I am myself. Because I think like understanding people more is a good way for me to understand who I am because of how I react. Right. Of how I react to things. So if you're wilding out and you're telling me all these things, I'm listening to you. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm listening to you. I want to be there for you. But at the same time, I'm also like taking in like, how am I reacting? How does this make me feel? Mm-hmm. Like, how does this make me feel? Is this making me feel outraged for you? Is this making me feel like, let me just give you some words of advice. Let me. So I'm listening now more. And I think a lot of people forget to listen to each other. Right. People are forgetting to like put your guard down and listen and i think when you could do that that actually helps you become a better person right unknowingly because you learn from you learn from, from each other you're well, learning you got from six them. kids you got nothing but to, to listen. listen i do i know it's crazy right and i used to listen to all of them like just sit there and like okay and once I and they heard- all communicate differently yeah mm-hmm. they all communicate differently my one, six different personalities right six different ways of communication my my oldest daughter her and i we used to have to write each other notes because mm. she couldn't, ha- she had a hard time talking. I said, "All right, so write me a note, write me a letter." So she would write me a letter, and then I would write her a letter back. And my other daughter, Valerie, she was she was okay. She was more like, "No, I'm fine," you know. I'm just checking in. She was a little bit more okay that way. And then my oldest, he and I had a good. My oldest, he and I had a good close bond. He, he would talk, and I he would talk really well with me. And then my two younger ones, they were younger, so I was able to like guide them a little bit more, and they. They're the closest to me mm-hmm. because they were younger. So they're the closest to me. That's another great um, thing that you're telling me because I, you know, I'm having another one and I'm like, I wonder how it's going to be, you know, three different personalities. But that's, it's, it's great to know that they're, you cannot communicate with them the same way. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Yeah. And my boyfriend also taught me that, that you should also, because he's a licensed psychologist, that's mm-hmm. how it works. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. I'm crazy and he calms yeah. me down. So, but he said something really important. He's like, you need to have age-appropriate conversations. You mm-hmm. can't have the same conversation with a 16-year-old with a 9-year-old. Yeah. It needs to be age-appropriate conversations. And I was like, ah, oh, that makes sense. I mean, I was doing stuff like that, but I didn't know I was doing stuff like that mm-hmm. until he until he said it. 
So now I'm doing more of those things with the kids. So I'm having more age-appropriate conversations with the kids versus just seeing them as little kids. Right, right, You know, Mm -hmm. like my 17-year-old, he's really smart. So like he and I, we have good conversations, talk about a lot of things. My 18-year-old, she's very smart, but she is not very talkative. So she texts a lot. But me and her, we'll send each other funny memes. We'll text each other, you know. Mm -hmm. It's different conversation. Are they all still with you? Yeah, so I have my three left. I have three left in the house. And when the when everyone started kind of leaving and everyone started kind of doing their own thing, it was like my the seventh child, Celine, my little baby girl, she actually went to live back with the, her biological mom, which mm. is my sister. So she went to go live with her two years ago. So she left, she left our home two years ago, and that was like a really sad moment for all of us. Um, you know happy that she was reunited with, with her but also sad because right. she's not she was with us for 10 and a half years wow. you know so it but when she left i would like sometimes turn on the disney channel or like the nickelodeon channel just to have like noise of the kids because yeah. watch you're gonna see how old are your babies they're uh six and three six and three so when you're they get to the age <laughs> when you get to a certain age they're like damn you know like sometimes if they're with your away for the weekend it's great but then if they're away longer than three or four days, you're like, yeah. damn, I miss my kids. Yes. Yeah, my, they actually left yeah. with my mom over the summer for 10 days. Yeah. And it was the hardest thing to do. And then, you know, like at the beginning, I was like, oh, the next day we, I went with my husband for a weekend getaway. Yeah. And we came like, back. Oh, that's great. And then eventually it was like, oh, my God, when are they coming back? Like I would get home and it was scary because there's no noise. Quiet, no noise. No nothing. So it's I would turn so on the Disney yeah, Channel. Yeah. Yeah. Put some noise on. Listening to Moana by myself. Yeah, you know? exactly. See, <laughs> listening to Moana crying. <laughs> let it go. Let it, let it go. That's a different movie. Oh, that's that's Frozen. Right. You're welcome. Sorry. <laughs> she, knew, she knew that. <laughs> that's just song came to me. Uh, amazing. Okay, well, I'm going to take a break um, and then we'll come back. We'll come back with our super secret tip of the week. Okay. So I think being, being, yeah, being strong enough to be vulnerable. A lot of people think that vulnerability is weak. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing as Latinas that we've all been raised is like, no llores, no estés llorando, don't cry, por qué estás llorando, you know, why are you crying and stop it. And I think we need to change that because crying has helped me. Yeah. Crying has helped me. And it's actually a lot stronger to be vulnerable. It takes more strength to say, you know what? You really hurt me. Like, you really hurt my feelings. And this is what, this is how I feel. Mm -hmm. Versus not saying anything, building resentment, and building anger. Right. Because it's considered stronger not Mm -hmm. to say anything and to suck it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that goes with like feminine energy and male energy. You know, going back to the crunchy granola talks. Mm-hmm. But going back to the intuition, intuition. <laughs> um, New age. that we learned was, you know, femininity and feminine energy is very strong. It's stronger than, than male energy. Yeah. So being able to embrace your femininity, it can actually make you stronger. Yes. Male energy is what you just said. Do you know what I mean? Not being able to release those things, mm-hmm. which is why women have sort of like a superiority in, in the world, right? Like yeah. Mother Earth and we give life because we are so much stronger because yeah. we are able to turn on those two facets of being vulnerable and crying, but also rising up when we have to, like you did. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that's on point. I believe in that, what you just said. That's like everything you just said is so something that I, I don't think people put words to enough. Mm-hmm. You know, like we we are doing something but those are the words that we are doing. And I think it's a time, it's a more, more now so than ever to change the way people think. And, and I, I, I say this, um, I say jokingly a lot that I, you know, I'm dating a psychologist because, you know, that's how the only way it works. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we started only dating two years ago. And in the last two years that we've been dating, he's, he, because he works in mental health, he's inspired me even more so to take care of my mental health and self-care and self-love and really understand how vulnerability is much more stronger mm-hmm. right. than strength. And like embracing whatever you're feeling. Yeah. You know, instead of rejecting embracing it. it and letting go. Because when I first started dating him, I was like, are you sure you even want this? Like, this is crazy. I'm letting you, I'm giving you an out. 
I'm giving you an out right now. Go ahead. There's a door. I'm giving you an out because I'm loaded with problems. And he was just like, no, like, don't you know that you're deserving of happiness? Don't you know that you're deserving of love? You know, because I left, I forgot my happily ever after a long time ago. The minute I said, I'm taking care of these kids, my happily ever after went out the door. So I, I don't know what you're talking about. And then once he said, you know, though, but you are deserving of love. Right. You are worth love. Mm-hmm. You're giving all this love away and yet you're not receiving anything back for yourself. And I was just like, well, oh, I man. guess if you're right, you know, <laughs> and it's like, you know, after and I gave him a couple more attempts to leave, <laughs> you know, that was, you know, me just you know, get more. Go. That's just, just you being a novella lover. Yeah. You know, no, vete, vete yeah, ya. Yeah. I swear that's where everything arises from. Yeah. Latinas, we watch too many novellas growing up. Yeah, too much. Yeah, that's novella. where we get it from. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's or where novella crazy. But and it doesn't it doesn't help that we're really passionate. We are very like novellas. Really passionate. <laughs> it doesn't help. Like I know your sister it's your sister, right? Yeah. Your sister's really calm, cool, and collective. She's been quiet here the entire time. But I guarantee you Elizabeth, by the way. If uh-huh. yeah, if Elizabeth goes out and she starts talking to somebody, she's and she's passionate, she's gonna be like da 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 like she's gonna talk with her hands. Yeah. She's going to move her neck and people are going to think she's mad, but she's not. She's just really passionate. I'm just Latina. I'm Latina. And we're not mad. I promise. No. For real. I promise you. I promise mama. you we're not mad. So my boyfriend, I had to tell him that a couple of times. I go, he's like, but you're not mad at me, right? I'm like, no, I'm just talking. <laughs> so, with my hands. It's with my hands. What? <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I think... Um, to go back to whatever we were saying, I lost my train of thought. It always happens to yeah. the show. That's a very normal thing. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's get to the super mama pick or tip of the week. Um, Paulina, do you want to get started? You're still pregnant. By the time this airs, you might already have the baby. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yay. Hopefully, right? So, congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> on this baby. Shout out to Paulina for having her baby. Yay. And baby. I think I already mentioned, you know, we were going and uh, talking about what you, we were tying it up to what we were talking I think I already mentioned the book that I um, it's been so helpful towards the whole pregnancy and my whole process because I'm having a home birth so oh, having a yeah. home birth so you know like oh doing it, I'm telling you we're all crunchy granola in this, in this oh my show God. we're all and new age Latinas over here new age Latinas <laughs> no but like you know that. like I am I've always been fearful of pain yeah always been fearful of pain I hate pain I don't like pain and so when I decided to do this my biggest fear was pain right um, so my my best friend gifted me the book called Mindful Birthing. And I started reading. And I was like, oh, this is cool, you know. But we got to this chapter about pain and living with it and going with pain and just, like, comparing it to, like, you know, put the timing into pain and just, you know, just putting a name and things on pain. Yeah. And that has totally changed my perspective on a lot of things because I have gestational diabetes and I have to poke my finger four wow. times a day. And p- poking my own finger has been the most difficult thing ever. But after that, you know, doing all those exercises and stuff, I actually can do it. So I've seen the improvement on my just being mindful, being like, you know, like I was telling you earlier, like just embracing the problem, embracing it, just going with the flow, just looking through it, yeah. you know. And that book has, I, I just really love that book. And I just really want to say, if you you know, even if it's not about pregnancy, because, you know, the partners also do it too, just like mindfulness and, you know, embracing problems and pain. It's a really good book. What's the name read. of the book? It's called Mindful Birthing. Mindful Birthing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to link it again on the show notes, but I'm I gonna really I'm going to read the book it. and my boyfriend's going to look at me like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Are you... Uh... <laughs> no, but it's Why great. Not? I really love it. I really love it. And, you do, you know, wish to have, do you wish to have, uh, like, birthing a child? Does, does, does it give you, do you have any I, sort of like, come on, any, is there anything left in you after raising six children? Um, I do think about that, um, about what it would feel like. Like I look at like, dang, I wonder what it feel like to have a baby, you know? But then I think about the, the, the times where my daughter went through pregnancy, my sister went through a pregnancy and I was like, oh my God. And six children. <laughs> the six children, but I'm really in love and I won't have then a child. read that book. Read that book. I won't have a child out of wedlock. Yeah. I must oh. be married. Read that book and you'll be like, I want to have a baby. You know? Yeah. Well, I hope your I hope yeah. your man is listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know, it's actually I'm gonna, I was, I'm gonna like low key put in that like 
put a ring on song. Oh my! <laughs> Everyone's been telling us. Trust us. We're oh, like, it's sure. gonna happen. I feel like that happens all the time. It right? happens all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. We're gonna be fine. It's gonna be okay. Like, don't, Everybody, no, but no, but that's Yeah, right. right. <laughs> exactly. God will open the doors when yeah. it has to. Yeah. So I mean that I. You know, I encourage you if you're pregnant to, to read to read that book. You know, okay. regardless of what kind of birth you want to have, just to embrace because I think everybody's so scared of that, and we've grown up, uh, you know, thinking about the pain, association pain with like, the baby coming, and like, yeah. when you really think about it, it's not that bad. Well, we'll see once I have the baby, right? But for now, I'm calm. Yeah, and that's yeah. what matters that's for me. Good. Yeah, that, wow, that's inspiring. I agree. That's super inspiring. It's really not that bad. I promise you. What pregnancy? Giving birth? Birthing, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna go ahead and just take your word for it for now. <laughs> for now. Well, you had a two and a half, two and a half year labor, so you know that was painful. Two and a half years labor. Yeah. Oh labor. yeah, I did. Yeah. That was really. Crazy. That's way more painful. Um. <laughs> so, uh, do you have a pick or a tip that you want to share with all us? All the ones you've given us. <laughs> yeah, right. you've really dropped knowledge today. A tip. Um. We're I tried thinking about that. Yeah, we're a pick. Anything you're loving right now? Uh, what I'm listening to? I'm really watch. I'm watching. I'm watching, watching Netflix. Ooh. So now that I have a little bit more like time at night, I'm watching <laughs> Netflix a lot. And I, I know this is a super old show, but I've been watching um, Mad Men. Oh, I love Mad Men. So good. That man is so hot. It was so good. And I think because I was like an advertising, <laughs> like I technically am in advertising. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, that's so much things that I can relate to in that. Mm-hmm. But like the feminism, like the the, yeah. the lack of like how these men treated these women. Yeah. And it was like, wow. Um, it, I think it makes me realize how much more like I want to like go and fight for women's rights, you <laughs> yeah. know? And I'm like, that's a TV show. But I'm over here like, I want to go fight for women's Peggy. rights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally feel I love that show. Yeah. Love that show. So, I mean, I, I, I know I was trying to think about some tips and everything, but you I... You gave I, us so many already. I don't even... I, you yeah. dropped many knowledge. That scheduling tip? Oh, the scheduling yeah. tip. We're, uh, we're huge on scheduling here in the show, too, when we talk about I schedule. still want to know, like, I'm still like, damn, 30 minutes putting six kids to bed. Wow. You girl are pro. Aprende. It, I know. They, we had two sinks. That's why. Don't the, matter. The it doesn't matter. I have came two bathrooms. I got no. three bathrooms. It'll <laughs> still take me an hour and a half. No, I think I don't know. Just put them all together. We all put in the bathroom. Okay, brush your teeth. Okay, go ahead, go next. Brush your teeth. Okay, go. Brush your teeth. Go. So and so, you putting your like pajamas cattle. on? Yeah, like like put your you putting your pajamas on? Okay, blah blah blah. Y si te sale, si te sale, si te sale uno. A ver, 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 a uh, so my pick is actually going to be a book, uh, an audio book that it's very, it's really not that long. It's only like two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And the name of it is Extended Summary of Tools of Titans, The mm. Tactics, Routines, and Habits of Billionaires, Icons, and World-Class oh, Performers wow. by Tim Ferriss. So, no, wait. So this book, there's, it, yeah. there's, there's an actual, like, there, there's like the actual book. That is super huge, like, like, like an encyclopedia. Like 14 yeah. hours Britannica, yes. English and Barreras book. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's called The Tools <laughs> of the Titans. Tools of Titans. That's like the actual, like, huge book. Um, and the audio of that book is also really long. So he came out with, like, an extended summary of the book. Oh, my God. To make it that is uh yeah it's, i think it's like two and a half hours three hours if oh, i'm not mistaken but i learned so much in listening to this uh in this audiobook and it just kind of gives you like tips from from health to finance to crunchy granola stuff like spirituality and all and um like uh, performance you know it's like super crazy like how these people Tim Ferriss has a podcast too where he interviews all these like really cool people like yeah. you for example oh. and then he kind of like what does he say what does he say he says he 
breaks it down and like what kind of routines they have and like what they eat and what they oh, drink and all that stuff. Okay. So, but it's really cool. It's only two and a half hours. So only two totally and a half right. hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can listen to it in like weeks worth commute. Yeah. Maybe that's two days, true. You know? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes so, it's good to listen to all those type of podcasts. Well, and thanks. Documents. Thanks for being here. Yes. Oh my gosh, you guys. Thanks for Thank having so me. Much. This is, it's I just incredible. have to say, this is really freaking cool. I love, love, love the idea of this type of podcast. I love the new, the new age Latina. <laughs> you know, I've learned a lot. I love that talk to our intuitions. Can you imagine our grandmothers that like, we were telling to our, our, our abuelitas like, Grandma, I'm going to go talk to my intuition. Yeah. ¿Qué? ¿Estás loca? You're crazy. Ponte a trabajar. Ponte a trabajar. ¿Cómo que te estás hablando? Yeah, I know. Like, Creo que estás loca? loca. Yeah. Creo que estás loca o qué? Yeah, right? I know. Gotta love them though. Yeah. Because that's what keeps our like authenticity yeah. of who we are yeah you know you can't buy culture no no <laughs> but i'm i really really do i i'm really inspired by you guys and your family and oh, what yeah. you've Thank been you, able Yossi. to do here in our city and bringing our culture authentic cuisine and i say cuisine because it's super gourmet cuisine that i love that i think is super great and um I I'm really commend you guys for what you guys been able to do with your business and expand it and then doing oh. something like this is awesome. Thank you. So yes, you guys are just as inspiring. Oh, thank you. I really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Where can uh, girls find you? How can we, li- when we listen to you mm-hmm. on power 106. So I'm on Instagram at Yesi Ortiz, Y E S I uh, Ortiz. And then I'm website. Yesi Ortiz.com. And yeah, that's some pretty, Easy, I think. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome. And don't forget to follow us, sisters, at underscore supermamas on Instagram and Facebook. No. At underscore supermamas. She's pregnant. It's okay. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter. Supermamas podcast on Facebook and supermamas.la. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Bye. Supermamas. Super